0: everybody welcome to the gold standard podcast part of the niners nation podcast network i am rob stats carrera he is levin black levin it's episode 50 congratulations us
1: yeah i haven't been let go yet (laughs) you haven't found somebody better
0: it's about 45 more episodes than i thought we'd get to (laughs) as long as
1: uh you keep hitting record and you keep getting paid uh you know we'll still be here
0: And I want to say again, thank you to everybody. I know I mentioned it last week, but I think it's worth mentioning again, the best May, June, and July that Niners Nation Podcast Network has ever had. We appreciate that. That is all because of you and your dedication and your loyalty. So thank you, and we will hopefully try and keep that streak going August, September, October as we go through the season. All right, Levin, we are just a couple of days away here. From the first preseason game, the more we talk about it, the more I listen to other people talk about it. I just get so pumped up. Mike McDaniel, the offensive coordinator, was talking about it today. So was Trey Lance. We're gonna get to that. Uh the 49ers have a new safety and ha ha Clinton Dix, former first-round pick. So we'll talk about that. And you have come up with, and I do not know these ahead of time, you have six. What if questions for me that you are going to put me on the spot and ask me about various scenarios that could happen with the 49ers. Is this just preseason or does this go into the regular season as well?
1: No, this is um, anything from a lot of them are like season things, but some of them are now roster things.
0: Do you want to get to those first or you want to get to some of the newsy stuff of the day? Let's get the newsy stuff out of the way. All right. The newsiest stuff, I thought, came from Mike McDaniel and Trey Lance. And basically, they talked about how new all of this stuff is going to be for Trey Lance. And the example that McDaniel just threw out there unprompted on his own that I never really thought about before, Levin, is that Trey Lance has never had somebody in the helmet calling plays in a stadium with fans before. Something that's like a pretty basic function that every quarterback has to deal with. And Trey Lance has never had that in his career. Like I, I
1: don't understand why that was made like, oh, that's something that he's going to have to work on and be something that he'll have to learn. You have somebody talking in your head instead of trying to get a signal from the sideline. It's easier. I understand Maybe. that there are, there are times it's hard to hear due to the crowd noise. And that might be difficult, but guess what? You know what you revert to and you can't hear out of your helmet? Getting your signals from the sideline. Like, I don't understand why he Mike McDaniel made a big deal of that. And then the media asked Trey Lance about it multiple times during his interview. Like, yeah, he gets somebody talking in his ear and giving him the exact play rather than him to try to read a signal.
0: Well, a couple of things. One, Kyle's play calls are notoriously long. which makes them potentially even harder to hear if you're in a loud stadium. And it's just like, how many things is Trey Lance going to have running through his head, Levin, every single play, starting from the second it comes from the sideline into his head? He's got to be thinking about that. He's got to be able to repeat it in the huddle. He's got to be able to adjust anybody that doesn't know where they're going. Then he's got to read the defense and figure out where he should be going with the ball, where his first look is going to be. Then once he takes the snap, he's got to drop back. He's got to remember all the footwork drills that the 49ers gave him to work on between the end of OTAs and the start of training camp. Then he's got to actually watch to see if Mike McGlinchey let his damn blocker through or his damn defender through and try to avoid the rush that's coming from that side. Then he's got to chuck that pill accurately down the field to an open receiver. It's just a lot to deal with.
1: You you forgot one really big important one there. He's gotta worry about all the ball sweat that's gonna be on his hands for <laughs>
0: Alex. <true>. <laughs> the first time he takes a snap, because apparently Alex Matt sweats like an elephant in the middle of a desert. <laughs> yes, yeah, so
1: he sweats so much that Matt Ryan, his longtime quarterback, literally I can't remember, was it like special underwear or special jock strap? Bought him basically specially designed pants and undergarments to try to limit how much sweat he would get
0: on his hands. It, uh, he used to make him change his pants every, qu- every quarter as well. That, too, that's what it was. Was,
1: I was remembering something about, about the pants. And then
0: I think every single play he was
1: to like towel off.
0: <laughs> that is so gross. Chris Sims said, you know, cause he used to play in Tampa Bay with the bucks. He said in the summer, like during the snap, he would get, like sprayed with swamp ass from the center. Like every single time reason number 10 billion, why I could never be an NFL quarterback.
1: <laughs> yeah. See, that's why they make the big money.
0: <laughs> oh, that is so gross, man. But apparently, I think yeah,
1: I would be a two-glove quarterback if this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, all the ways we talked about how the 49ers could improve at center, we never even thought about swamp ass.
1: He, he's throwing with surgical gloves on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. I mean, well, Jimmy Garoppolo had the perfect description. He said it's like playing and going from a dry game to a wet game. There you go. That is perfectly descriptive and disgusting. So thanks, Jimmy.
1: Yeah, there's really nowhere else to go with that. I mean, it in all seriousness, it is an issue for the quarterback.
0: Yes, having your uh, hand
1: wet when getting the snap is like you said, just one more thing to deal with.
0: So, but you don't see, I guess I'm overblowing it though. Cause I, when I heard that from McDaniel, I was like, my God, this kid is like, is he really starting from square one here? Like, maybe I was getting way ahead of myself with him wanting to start in week one, but. I know the second I see him make a completion out there on Saturday, I'm going to be like, start him! Start him week one, baby!
1: Now, see, all the other things you mentioned have nothing to do with how he gets the play signal. Him getting the play signal through his helmet, that's all it has to do with. All the other things, yeah, those will be difficult. Being able to, like, adjust the players, only having, you know, a little while to figure things out, rate a defense. All of that has nothing to do with the helmet thing. The helmet thing is only how do you get the play call. And to me, I'd rather have somebody talking to me in my own helmet than trying to pick up the signal from the sideline.
0: Do you think that he'll have the wristband on Saturday?
1: I have no idea. It, it That's a personal preference. Some quarterbacks do, some don't. Some even experienced quarterbacks still have the wristband on because it's an advantage to them. And I mean, a lot of things like that to me are more about – I don't know the right word. It's not really a superstition, but it's you're used to it, and that's what makes you comfortable. And if you don't have it, you kind of feel off. And so if it's something that makes you feel comfortable, it doesn't really matter whether you wear it or not.
0: This is what I never understood, right? You can have the wristband with the plays. Every play is numbered on the wristband. That's how it works. Wouldn't every quarterback just want the wristband so that the person in their ear could be like, Hey, Levin, run play number 17. And then you could just say, okay, look on your wristband and call the play in the huddle. Wouldn't that be easier, especially in, like, a crazy loud stadium? You could just say 17, 17, 1-7, and then, like, you've got the play. I don't understand why everybody doesn't do that.
1: Uh, I mean, I've heard the defensive players can see it and they'll remember some of those things, and then they can use it if they play you again, like divisional opponents. I've heard that's, that's one reason why some coaches do not I, – I can't remember – it was somebody in the NFL. This was years ago, so that's why I can't remember. This was, you know, more than a decade ago. But there's an NFL coach who actually told his quarterback he couldn't wear the wristband because he didn't want his plays being visible to the defense. Even though, I mean, they have to pick up and learn a lot of things. But if they go back and review film, they can probably start to piece together things uh, about what plays were what. But I also j- just think a lot of players, you know, you growing up, you don't have a wristband on. You know, playing little league, you don't have a wristband. Playing in you know middle school, junior high, you don't have the wristband because they don't have the money to create the wristband for you constantly. So you are used to not to throwing without it on. So you just don't want it on. It's the whole comfort thing, like I was saying. Some quarterbacks just never make the transition to it. Sometimes you get into college, and the college coaches want you to have the wristband.
0: I would have it every time if it was me. That's just that was just my weird off the rails thought. Um, but other than that, the only other thing I took away is that Trey Lance in press conferences is boring as hell. (laughs) I didn't think anybody could be more boring than Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, guess what? The Niners have found him. At least Jimmy's starting to swear a little bit this year. He seems a little more relaxed. Trey Lance is like straight up, like by the book, really excited to be here. It's like, he's still interviewing for the job, right? Like I'm a go getter. I can't wait to work with everybody. I'm really excited. Like, give me something, Trey. But that's just not who he is, I guess.
1: He he comes off as kind of like puts his head down and goes to work kind of guy. And when he's in the interview room, it's still work to him. So his emotions, his uh, true demeanor, like the real him, isn't there because he's in work mode.
0: That could be fair. Like, There's so much we don't know about him. I did like right at the end, though, of his press conference yesterday, he was asked, like, have you met Patrick Mahomes before? And are you going to go say hello to him? And he was like, no, I'm, not, I'm trying to win the game. We'll see what happens. I think he said something to that effect. Like, I just love that he wasn't like gaga googly eyes over Patrick Mahomes. He was like, I have a job to do. I'm going to go out and do it. And if I see Patrick Mahomes before the game, great. But if not, that's not where my focus is.
1: Yeah, that that's one where I wish he would have responded with that's a clown question, bro. Like <laughs> Bryce Harper. Who cares? Like who asked that question? Oh, like, I who don't know. cares? And then who followed it up with, Will you say hi? Who cares?
0: Like ask an actual question. You think Patrick Mahomes is gonna be like, Oh, I hope Trey Lance comes over and says hello? <laughs> right. Like I don't
1: get that type of questioning, but I don't like I said, I don't know who asked the question. I seriously doubt it was Grant Cohn. That's about the only thing I'm sure. No, of. it
0: wasn't Grant.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, I just—it's a waste of time, in my opinion, to ask things like that. Like they're not there to meet celebrities; they're de- there to beat other football players.
0: He has much bigger concerns than saying hi to Patrick Mahomes before the game. Uh, the other piece of news that came out on Wednesday: the 49ers signed former first round draft pick Ha Ha Clinton Dix which to me, uh, Levin, is an indication that Kyle Shanahan was uh, not lying when he said that it could be some time before we see Tart back out on the field. They literally need bodies at safety. Tony Jefferson's got a hamstring and a groin thing. So they just needed a person to get out there on the field. And, you know, I know I saw a lot of Niner fans, or just fans in general, hyped up that Clinton Dix was the guy they signed because he's a former first-round pick, so people know the name. But this is a guy that didn't play for anybody. Last year after getting cut by the Cowboys, like anybody could have had him, And everybody in the league said, no, thanks. So I wouldn't be doing any cartwheels here.
1: No, and I I do think the reaction was a bit uh, too big for this. I would doubt he's going to make the roster. I mean, this is a guy that even in his prime, he was a bit slow for the position. And as he aged, he got slower. So that really became an issue for him. And it's why, you know, Green Bay, his longtime team moved on from him. And why he only spent, I believe, one or one year in, in Dallas, if I'm not mistaken, before he got released. But, I mean, it's a good camp body. It's a vet who can come in and kind of hit the ground running. I would doubt he makes the team. It's still a worthwhile signing. There are certainly things as a veteran that he can help with because the backup safeties are all very inexperienced. So they do need kind of a vet presence. But I think the bigger part of it is what you touched on first. Tart might not come back. Like, I, I know, you know, we record Wednesday. So on Wednesday, I know he was running on the sideline. But he has the injury that Patrick Willis retired over. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's the same injury that Tory Holt retired over. And Tory Holt was hampered by and hung on for a couple of years. But he said after his retirement that it was, you know, the pain never went away. It was literally like trying to play with a broken toe every single game. And it highly affected him. If that's true for Tart, like, does he come back?
0: Deion Sanders, too. That's what ended Dion's career also. Turf toe is no joke. Uh, I mean, you flat out heard Kyle Shanahan say, we thought he would be back by now. So the fact that he hasn't means that this is a lingering thing. And uh, for Tart, he needs to be out there. He's on a one-year deal. Uh, this was sort of his prove-it year, and if he can't get out on the field, he's not going to be able to cash in like he once thought. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I keep hearing that Tal- Talanoa Hufanga has been looking good out there. I know he made a great interception yesterday, like a one-handed pick. So that's kind of nice to see. Um, they're going to need some of these some of these draft picks to step up, especially in the secondary, whether it's Hufanga or Ambry Thomas or Diamador Lenore. And yes, I'm purposely saying those names so that you learn how to pronounce them, Levin. (laughs) For people that don't know, the 49ers pronunciation guide came out yesterday. I made a point to send it to Levin to make sure he would have all the tools he needs at his disposal. Wait, uh, hold on. You
1: you sent me that?
0: Yeah. I never got anything. Oh, boy. Weak sauce. I'm going to send it again. So here's the thing, just really quickly. I, it's a huge pet peeve of mine when people say the name's wrong. First of all, my last name is Guerrera. It's spelled a little weird. A lot of people mispronounce it. It always drives me crazy, but I'm not a famous football player, but we get paid to talk about famous football players. And I think if you're behind a microphone, you have a responsibility to learn how to say their damn names properly. So I study the pronunciation charts closely. It bugs me when I get them wrong. I have been getting some of the names wrong like samson Ebukum, i've been saying abukum that is not correct it's actually Ebukum, samson Ebukum. the emphasis is on the first syllable <laughs> so
1: uh yeah i don't disagree with you it used to be a pet peeve of mine like people don't necessarily know my background that are listening but i did actual live radio announcing of games through college of the men's basketball team and it was always a pet peeve of mine when watching TV to hear an announcer mispronounce a name or things like that. But I also used to get a pronunciation guide for every game handed to me. Mm-hmm. I don't get those anymore. So so it's been kind of one of those things like, yeah, I should have gotten and looked up pronunciation guides. But it's also one of those things that as we're talking, I get to a name and I go, oh, yeah, shit. I don't know how to say that name. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't do this every day. You know, this is. In reality, it's a side thing for me. You know, I I love doing doing a podcast, but I don't sit every single day talking on on the radio or something like that, where every single day I'm needing to pronounce these names. So a lot of times I get home from my day job and we start recording the podcast and I go, crap, I don't
0: know how to pronounce that name. Uh, You know what? Look, Levin, excuses are like ass. (laughs) Everybody's got them and they all stink. I have literally texted you the pronunciation guide again, so now you have it. Uh, but I don't want to get off track. My original point was that, <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> the safe the rookies in the secondary are going to have to step up if Tart is out, and Hufanga has been looking good, so that's encouraging. He's another guy besides Trey Lance that I want to see on Saturday.
1: Plus, if they step up, you know, I might learn to pronounce
0: their names. So there you go. Keep that from motivation there, guys. (laughs) I'm sure that's really just right at the top of their list. But like for some guys, like especially me, okay, I was not a great athlete. I was okay. I would not be mentioned very often. But when I was, I would like people to pronounce my damn name properly. So that's why I always like to make sure that I go out of my way uh, to do that. All right. Let's take a break because I know you're dying to ask me your questions. Levin has six what if questions that he's going to throw at me. I haven't heard these at all before the show. We did no pre-planning whatsoever like the professionals that we are. So we'll do that when we come back. We're back here on the Gold Standard Podcast. And now it is time for the what if questions brought to you by Levin T. Black, the man, the myth, the legend. I don't know what these are. I don't know where you want to start, Levin, but I'm excited. So where are you leading off?
1: Well, let's kick it off with the ever popular what if that has been going on for three years with the Niners, and that is what if Hurd, who finally suited up today as we're recording, which would be Wednesday, but he still didn't really practice. So what if he can't play in any of the preseason games, but prior to the final cut day, which is August 31st this year, he gets full clearance for practice and games and everything like that but he hasn't been able to play in an actual preseason game. What do you do then?
0: Oh, you cut him without question. Like you can't sit around and wait for Jalen Hurd to finally blossom. And I know that that hurts Kyle Shanahan. Cause if you listen to what he said on Tuesday, he, you can tell he likes Jalen Hurd. He talked about how much potential he has and how they, they think he's really going to be good, but this is year three. And he has not played a single snap in a regular season game for the 49ers. Some guys are just snake bit like that and they cannot wait around forever. There's actually some decent competition at wide receiver. To me, you have to cut him and uh, you just know he's going to eventually find his way to the Seahawks cuz that seems to be how these things always go. But maybe if you cut him, you hope that he clears waivers cuz nobody's had a chance to see him and then you can stick him on the practice squad if you're lucky.
1: I I don't see him. That that's my issue. If he gets a clean bill of health prior to the cut day, the cut day is two weeks almost. It's a little a couple days shy of two weeks before the season opener. So some team will pick him up just to see what he has, to mm-hmm. see his potential if he's healthy. That that's my issue is if he's fully healthy, it's gonna be hard to cut him because you know somebody's going to pick him up. Whereas there might be other guys you could sneak sneak past. It's that's possible. why. That's why I struggle with this one because I agree. If he can't play in the preseason games, like you should cut him. But at the same time, the potential is so high that, you know, there is no
0: way he's clearing waivers. I mean, is the potential high? Why? Because he had a couple of nice touchdowns against the Cowboys in a preseason game. I mean, you know, like we like him and we like to hope that he's going to be really good, but maybe we drafted a guy that's injury prone and that's just it. It's certainly possible. I mean, we just,
1: the Niners just cut a guy that's under that. Kevin White was a top pick. You know, he was taken a high in the first round, and he was constantly injured, and he's basically a shell of his former self. And he's never really been able to stick on an NFL roster because he lost a lot of his athleticism. It is possible Hurd will be that, but it doesn't sound like it from what Kyle Shanahan is saying.
0: Maybe, but we've also, this is a guy that's had a back injury, significant back injury and an ACL injury. Like let's say he does get picked up by another team. How many games is he going to be out there for them? You know, I mean, the Niners are all about not having to rely on guys with this kind of injury history. So I know it might be painful because of the potential, but you got to do it, man. Let this guy go. Eventually you have to move on.
1: Yeah, I agree. Especially with the, Ultimately, I agree. Like it, It's kind of like a begrudging. I agree. Like like I said, I'm going back and forth on it. But if he can't play in any of the preseason games, you kind of have to cut bait, at least with how the reports have been to this point uh, with the other wide receivers in camp. Now, preseason does change things. Sometimes players are talked up in training camp, and then they get in the real game and they have a bad drop. Or something along those lines, they just don't get open, they don't get many targets, and they go downhill. That is possible. Like Right now, everybody sounds like they're doing well and sounds like we have some diamonds in the rough that we've found at the wide receiver position. We'll yeah. see how preseason goes, though. I mean, we're, we are a long way off. There's only three preseason games, though, this year.
0: So So just say you totally agree with me. Rob, you're 100% right. <laughs> That's what I want to hear from you.
1: Uh, I agree with you. We'll find out later in the future whether either one of us were right.
0: (laughs) Uh, I was close. I thought I would get it, but not quite yet. All right. What's question number two? All right. So what if
1: D Ford plays the same amount of snaps or more than he did in 2019 and both is healthy? So this is more of a what what do you think that means for the defense if you get both those guys to play?
0: And I think it means the 49ers are a lock to make the playoffs. I really do. If you have Bosa back to where he was and Ford back to where he was, I I don't see – the defense might not be as good as 2019, but they're going to be pretty damn close. And if that's the case, I mean, for them to miss the playoffs, the offense in that case would have to be hideously bad. (laughs) And I just don't think a Kyle Shanahan coached offense is going to be that bad because even if Jimmy Garoppolo starts turning the ball over like he can sometimes do – Kyle will pull the plug and put Trey in there. So, uh, if Ford can get back to that level and sustain that for an entire season, yeah, I think you can book San Francisco in the playoffs for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I think that if those two guys are healthy, you know, i I think this team will give the 2019 team a, a run for its money. I think they could be better because Fred Warner is better than he was in 2019. That's Fred fair. Warner was just emerging. Then Jimmy Ward, I believe is better than he was in 2019. I think there's more depth at the safety position because 2019 had some games without Jaquiski Tart and there wasn't really a good backup there. So I think that there's better depth on the D line actually than 2019. I think the D line is even deeper than what it was. So if they can get that ridiculously good pass rush, I think this defense will rival and maybe even surpass the 2019 defense, which like you said, that alone is enough to get you in the playoffs because the 2019 defense was historic in the sense that they gave up the fewest passing yards per game of any team in a decade from that point. So I agree with that, but I got another what What if that kind of, this is going to be the bigger. What if that, You're not allowed to just say, that will never happen.
0: Oh, boy. I'm going to preference
1: that. So the what if is, what if Jimmy plays at a Pro Bowl level and the 49ers win the Super Bowl with him?
0: And he plays all 16 games?
1: Yeah. He has a Pro Bowl level season and they win the Super Bowl with him. What do you do? You now have a Super Bowl winning quarterback you've proven you can win with, and you still have one year of his contract, but it's a huge cap hit.
0: Can I I don't want to say that'll never happen but can I ask a follow up is that allowed Yeah go ahead Am I getting like a Super Bowl title because of Jimmy Garoppolo or am I getting a Super Bowl title like how Jimmy Garoppolo won the NFC Championship game in 2019 when he threw eight passes
1: Well that's that's never going to happen again That I'm going to say is never <laughs> going to happen Now you're saying it <laughs> A team is not going to win an NFC Championship only passing eight times so the point is, he plays at a Pro Bowl level, and they
0: win the Super Bowl. I still think you get rid of him. I think then his trade value will never be higher, and you can get a damn good return. And the reason I say that is, they've sort of structured their team to where they have to have a quarterback on a rookie deal, because so many other guys are making top-of-the-market money. Kittle's the highest-paid tight end. Trent Williams is the highest-paid tackle. Fred Warner is, I don't know... If, If Darius Leonard's a new deal, just beat him out. But he's either one or two when it comes to linebackers. Nick Bosa is going to be top of the market when his contract comes up. They can't afford to pay a quarterback $25 million as things are kind of structured right now. And they're still going to be without first round draft picks due to the Trey Lance deal. So if they did win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, I know some people might be a little scared to get rid of him. I would immediately call your attention to the 2012 Ravens and Joe Flacco. They should have let Joe Flacco walk after that year, even though he won the Super Bowl. They didn't, and they got—they were basically a 500 team after that because he made so much money, it weakened the rest of the roster. So even though it would be tough to do, I know the Jimmy stands would come at me with the torches and pitchforks, but I say thank you, Jimmy. That's what the money was for. We'll see you later. Right. So once again,
1: I agree with you. You kind of have to move on. Like this is the last year of Jimmy. Whether Jimmy gets traded – before week one or after the season or he's let go after the season who knows but even if they win the Super Bowl with him and he plays at a a high level they've already made their choice they did that when they traded up and gave away all those draft picks to get Trey Lance but can you imagine how bad 49ers Twitter will be if this happens (laughs) like you think it's been bad it will literally be unprecedented the level of nasty fighting going on because you just won the Super Bowl. You just finished the quest for six and you're getting rid of the quarterback.
0: Yep. And I would I would argue forever that that would be the right thing to do. And no one's ever going to want to hear it. But I, I'll always think that about the Ravens and Joe Flacco. Like he played out of his mind that playoffs. He was Unbelievable. I think he was 11 touchdowns, no picks the whole playoffs. He had a great first half of that Super Bowl against the 49ers. He was using his legs. He did everything right. Like he had to pick the perfect time to have a career hot streak, but they still should have let him go and they should have known better. And they didn't. And they were a 500 team after that. And I mean, look, think of the return they would get from Jimmy Garoppolo in that case, right? He's pro, pro bowl quarterback wins a Super Bowl, chances are if the 49ers won a Super Bowl, Jimmy Garoppolo would probably be the MVP because the quarterback is almost always the MVP now when they win the Super Bowl. So that's what you would be trading. So they would probably be able to get at least one of those first-round picks back, maybe more. Yeah, certainly. Um, so I got I got to flip
1: this on its head and say, what if the Niners miss the playoffs? I don't care the reasons, even if it's injuries again. This is pertaining to the coaching staff and the front office. Do any heads roll?
0: I don't think any heads roll um, because they just got new deals. And I don't know that Jed York wants to pay more people not to work. Um, <laughs> I think he kind of understands like what he has in Kyle Shannon and John Lynch. But I agree that like, so that would be four years, no playoffs. At least three of the years would be 10-plus lost seasons. I don't know what you want to call the record for this year, but that could be maybe four years then. Um, The fan base, the worm would definitely turn. The fan base would turn on Kyle. Because I think right now most 49er fans think Kyle Shanahan's a really good head coach and they're happy with John Lynch as a GM. I think everybody outside of the 49ers bubble says, You guys are way too arrogant about Kyle Shanahan. Look at his record. He's actually not as good as you think. I think that is going to become 49er fan opinions if the Niners miss the playoffs this season. What do you think?
1: Uh, I would agree. I I think we already see a good bit of that outside the bubble. That I think inside the division, most of them know Kyle Shanahan is probably a pretty good coach. You know, I think that would be the general consensus. Outside of the division, and especially when you get outside of the NFC, I think most fans go, You guys are kind of crazy. Like, I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but the jury's certainly out. You know, I, I think that's probably overall a majority of fans in the NFL are I don't know what that guy is yet.
0: I think that Kyle will now be blamed more, especially if Lance plays and they miss the playoffs. Kyle's going to take more heat because they're going to be like, hey, this is the guy you moved heaven and earth to get, and now you can't win with him. You're supposed to be the offensive genius at why can't you win any games. Now, that's kind of assuming that they don't have another mountain of injuries and they just play poorly. Uh, If they have more injuries, maybe they'll get a little more slack from people. I'm not sure. Uh, But I think at some point when you've had the amount of injuries the 49ers have had, you're going to take the blame for it because people are going to say it must be something you're doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the most prominent potential heads that would roll in that scenario, if the defense struggles, D'Amico Ryans would be out. You
0: think after one year,
1: if they struggle with the talent they have on the defense, he's going to get blamed. And I would say rightfully so if they struggle because they have all the talent in the world to be good. And even with all the injuries last year, Still good. made him a top-ten defense. So, mm-hmm. um, And then I think if the offense really struggled and there was a lot of uproar from the fan base, I could potentially see them making Mike McDaniels the scapegoat. I highly doubt that one because he's so close to Kyle. But if the offense struggles, I could see them deciding to have a scapegoat there.
0: I mean, I don't care what you want to call Mike McDaniel. You can He's call him the offensive coordinator. I you could, I mean, it's Kyle's. Kyle runs the 49ers. So he you can't pass the buck if you're Kyle Shanahan. If he tries to do that, that would be weak sauce because <laughs> everybody knows it's your system. You were the guy that was taking all the credit when things were going well. So you can't then throw McDaniel under the bus. That would be weak.
1: I, I look at it this way. If they miss the playoffs, that likely means Jimmy failed and Lance failed because if they're not winning they're not going to stick with Jimmy and if Lance comes in and continues to not win then they're going to miss the playoffs you know I don't think they're going to let Jimmy sink the ship so to speak I don't think they're going to sit around and wait and still be playing Jimmy when they're one and four you know if they're one and two they're probably going to pull the trigger on Lance to get a spark but if the offense struggles and both those quarterbacks fail I could see them saying we we should get a guy in here that's good with young quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Because what is Mike McDaniels? He's really the quarterback manager.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have seen teams that pick quarterbacks high, change coaches pretty fast. I mean, last year, the Chargers, Anthony Lynn, goodbye. New coach, Brandon Staley. With Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, both of their coaches were fired after year one with those guys. So there's definitely a precedent for that. Um, but like I said, I think that Jed likes Kyle. He likes sort of the setup now. I think he recognizes that Kyle is good, even if that is not reflected in the record. Um, but we'll have to see. You know, a lot can change when you see your team go out there and lose week after week after week. It, it tends to sour you. <laughs> Just say that. Uh, what's question number five? I got, what if Raheem Mostert runs for a 1,000-plus
1: yards? Do you resign him? No. You got to factor in he's over 30 and he's gotten to be rather outspoken about deserving the ball. You don't think there's any scenario where you re-sign him?
0: No. I would never sign a running back to a second contract in the NFL under the current CBA. I don't care how good they were. I don't care who you have, Frank Gore, whoever it is. They're just not worth it. You can find a replacement for them. And you can find it cheap. They could be fifth round, sixth round, undrafted guys. It's It sucks for running backs. It is not fair to them the way the system is set up. I totally get them wanting to hold out and get their money. And if I was a running back, I would do the same thing. But strictly from a team perspective, just given how the rookie wage scale works, I would never pay a running back. You draft one in the second round or wherever you draft one. If it's not first round, then you get four years. You get two years of franchising the kid, and then you let him go. So that's six years of control, maybe seven if it's a first-round pick because you get the fifth-year option. If you draft him at 23, you get him for six years, they're 29, that's when running backs start to decline anyway, you say adios. So I know it might be painful to guys, but I wouldn't be buying running back jerseys, and I wouldn't be signing them to long-term contracts.
1: See, I think the age is the biggest part of this. I think if he was still in his prime, you know, like, you know, he basically emerged two years ago. So a lot of people think he's younger than he is. If you're, say, you know, 27, 28 years old after this year, I could see maybe a like Tevin Coleman level deal, which was two years, 10 million. Um, But with him being in his 30s, I don't see how you can pay him anything. Like even his current deal would be too rich for me. You're in your 30s. You're going to break down even more. And he's already shown signs of being injury prone to a degree. So like you're talking, I think he signed for a little over $3 3 per year this past time. So I wouldn't even pay him that. And don't laugh at my voice crack.
0: (laughs) Sorry, all you running back stands out there. I don't mean to be heartless, but that's just where I come down on it. All right. What is the sixth and final what if question? So this one is...
1: A very unlikely dilemma, but I think one it's one that I'm fascinated by, just the potential. And I think just talking about it it is worth talking about, even though it's unlikely to happen. And that is, let's say Stafford gets hurt and is done for the year. And the Rams call up and say, we will give you back-to-back second-round picks for Jimmy. Do you save their season? At what price would you save their season? Is there any price that you would be willing to give them a starting caliber quarterback in, you know, does a division rival, or do you say, you know, kick rocks? I don't care what you're offering.
0: That would be the ultimate litmus test for how the 49ers truly feel about Jimmy Garoppolo, right? (laughs) If you trade Jimmy Garoppolo to a division rival where they're literally flailing in the water, about to go down to the bottom of the ocean, then that just proves you don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is very good, right? Because if you did, you would never do what you're talking about. You would never throw a life preserver to a division rival who is sinking. Ever, 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 ever. So that would really tell us what the 49ers think about him. Would they do it? First of all, the Rams... In this scenario, the Rams have just decided to punt on the draft for forever, <laughs> seemingly, because they don't have a first round pick till like 2025 or something. Now you're giving up two second round picks to the 49ers for Jimmy Garoppolo. So they're just not going to draft anybody. Um, you're assuming, let's say Jimmy gets in there and he was, still was able to win some games for them, that's going to change how high those second round picks are ultimately.
1: Yeah, I um, mean, I, I picked the Rams for a reason, it's a right. similar system.
0: Yeah, it would depend on if I have any other offers for Jimmy Garoppolo. If nobody else offers anything, then i probably do it. Because let's be honest, if you thought that Jimmy Garoppolo was anything for other people to worry about, you wouldn't have drafted Trey Lance in the first place. (laughs) So I think if you had no other offers, if the choice was that, I mean, I guess you could just keep him on your team. But I don't know. If I'm the 49ers, I kind of take the draft picks, right? That you could potentially bring in two more players, on cost-control deals, that's potentially a replacement defensive back if Jason Verrett leaves after this year. Maybe another safety because Tart probably won't be here after this year. Like, you really could use those picks. Um, I could see them doing it. It'd be interesting, though, for sure. What do you think? I think it depends on where we're at in the
1: season. If it's preseason, they're not doing it. I don't think the Niners would do it. If Maybe. it's... If it's, you know, they're close in record, you know, like they're both three and one, say, I don't think they do it. But if it's a scenario where the Rams are desperate, their backup has not done anything, because I do think the Rams would certainly try for at least a game who they have rather than sending a bunch of draft capital, unless they could get somebody like Minshew for cheap. Um, But, you know, say the Rams are like two and three and the Niners are five and oh. At that point, yeah, I might pull the trigger. Say, is Jimmy really going to make up three games on us?
0: You know, that would be fascinating. So the trade deadline, I believe, is after week eight. So it would have to be, you know, at that week eight or before. Let's say even if it was week eight, right? Can't you just see this scenario? So the Niners pull the trigger on that deal. Sean McVay, much like Kyle Shanahan did, gives Jimmy Garoppolo a few weeks to learn the offense. And who do the 49ers play the final week of the season in L.A.? The Rams. So then you could have Trey Lance against Jimmy Garoppolo in L.A., possibly for the division title. That would be the ultimate storyline, the ultimate movie script for this season.
1: <laughs> uh, the, they actually play the Rams twice after the deadline. Neither game is before the deadline, which I, oh, I yeah, find right. fascinating. Yeah, I, I looked that up in preparation for this. Uh, I, I think that that is, is it going to happen? Uh, highly, highly, highly unlikely. Um, my guess would be McVeigh knows whether or not that call would even be taken. <laughs> Since him and Kyle are close. Like McVeigh might already know that Jimmy's gonna tell him kick rocks and not even gonna take the call. <laughs> possible. But, but God, I, I think about that, that would have to be the most fascinating trade in many years. In the NFL, a division rival trading a starting caliber quarterback who two years prior took that team to the Super Bowl to a division rival like that never happened.
0: I mean, we did get to see Joe Montana and Steve Young after the 49ers traded Montana to the Chiefs, but they had to wait a year, I believe, for that to happen. I believe they didn't play in the regular season until the next year after the trade. Uh, This would be literally the 49ers making the trade to move up to get Lance while Jimmy was on the roster and then in the same season trading him to a division rival who then would have to play the team that got rid of him potentially twice before the end of that season. I'm pretty sure. I mean, look, I don't know the exact history, but I'm pretty sure that has never happened before in the history of football.
1: Yeah. I I don't think a division rival has ever traded a quarterback. Probably. I mean, I, I would bet. Division rival quarterback trades are might not have ever happened. Like, that's just one of those positions. Even if I don't think this guy is good, I'm not giving you one of my quarterbacks. But if it has, it's certainly not a starting caliber. You know, it's a Nathan Peterman-level quarterback, you know.
0: Only one I can think of is the Eagles did trade Donovan McNabb to Washington. McVeigh was older, and he was kind of washed at that point. Kind of? But they— Wait, okay. He was. Remember Mike Shanahan like took him out because he was too fat to run the two minute drill basically. Oh God, that was crazy. But that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head.
1: Yeah. I had forgotten that they traded McNabb in division, which yeah, you want to talk about signs of
0: disrespect. Like Right. That's what I mean. That's what it, that's what it would tell you. Like we are, we are so not worried about you. That we're willing to play you twice a year. Like I don't know if Deshaun Watson is going to get traded, but if he does, I know he ain't going to Jacksonville. I know he ain't going to Tennessee, and I know he ain't going to Indy. Okay? There's no way Houston's doing that. They're dumb, but they're not that dumb, I think. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, hard to know with that franchise. I mean, they did <laughs> They did allow the coach to be the GM for way too long.
0: <laughs> did you see they tried to end practice early so that they could not have to have the media watch it? Because the- No. By rule, I guess like the media is allowed to watch some of practice, but they tried to just end it early before that. So they wouldn't have to. And the league office immediately smacked them down and was like, no, you cannot do this. Like what a dumpster fire. If you are a Houston, Texas, think of all the excitement we have, Levin, even just going into Saturday. Right. The first preseason game where basically nothing is going to happen. There's no game planning. They're not running any. They're running all boring plays. And I am so excited. There is nothing in the world you could get me to do at, what is it, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday night other than watch that game. I will be glued to this seat. If you're a Texans fan, forget the preseason games, Forget the whole season. You have nothing, nothing to look forward to. Can
1: you imagine being a season ticket holder for the Texans? (laughs) Like, you had to have been so excited because you have a franchise-level quarterback. You made the playoffs, you know, not last year, but... The year before when
0: just signed his new deal, too. Yeah. Like you
1: had to have been so excited, like literally a year ago this time. If you asked Houston Texan fans, what is the worst case scenario? How bad (laughs) could this team be a year from now? They would not have imagined this. Like we haven't even mentioned they traded DeAndre Hopkins for nothing.
0: They traded Hopkins for a bag of cats. Their coach has been fired. The GM, well, he was the GM there too, so the same guy is gone. Their franchise quarterback has demanded a trade. Oh, and on top of that, even if he didn't demand a trade, he has twenty-two sexual assault lawsuits against him and ten criminal complaints, and that is not an exaggeration. Like those are the those are the numbers. It has been. As you, you, forgot bad as...
1: you forgot one. You forgot one. Their best player in franchise history moved on.
0: J.J. Watt is gone. Well, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, Watt's gone. Although, at this point, I don't think he's going to do much for Arizona. But, right, he's gone, too. Like, there is nothing there in Houston. There is – what is there? Like, Davis Mills? Who's the best player on the Houston Texans right now? Whitney Merciless? Is he even still there? I don't even know.
1: (laughs) You know what it reminds me of? And this is current, and this hits home because I'm a Cubs fan. The Cubs. What do I have to look forward to, the Cubs? They don't have a great farm system. They have a mediocre farm system. And they just got rid of literally every single player that was worth a damn.
0: That won you a title. Yeah. Well, and and this is something I wrote about on Niners Nation. A lot of fans, of course, thought I was an idiot, and maybe they're right. But, like, we get so caught up in the whole Lance-Jimmy thing that, like, sometimes it's easy to lose sight of the fact that, like, hey, we're all on the same team here. Like, we're all pulling in the same direction, right? We're still rooting for the 49ers, right? Even if, like, Jimmy starts, even though I want Lance to start, if Jimmy's in there, like, I want him to do well because chances are if he does well, the team's going to do well. But it's sometimes it's easy to forget that, especially before the games start when it's preseason and this is all we have to talk about. You know, like, hey, it's still the 49ers. We still root for them. And regardless of who's on center, let's not let these differences with the quarterbacks sort of cloud the bigger picture.
1: Yeah, nobody with a brain is going to celebrate if, like, Jimmy gets hurt again. Right. You know, I say nobody with a brain because there will be idiots out there. There'll be somebody on Twitter who wants to just troll and be like, oh, I'm so happy Trey Lance gets to play. You know, but anybody that's a human being will not be happy if Jimmy gets hurt. If he's the starter, they want him to do well. Or they're not a fan of the team. It's that simple. You want the players to do well who are playing, or you're not a fan of the team.
0: So there it is. We have a ton to look forward to, and it's all going to start on Saturday. By the time we do another show, Levin, not only will we have seen Trey Lance on the field, we'll be getting ready for another preseason game. Like, we are in it now. It's game week. We are in it. It is here. This is the fun part, right? This is what we had to wait through the slog of last season four. And we are just two days away and I'm, I'm excited and I could see it on your face. You're excited. <laughs> yeah.
1: I actually showed a tiny bit of emotion on my face. <laughs> that means I'm really excited for people that don't know. It's not just the way I talk. It's also my face.
0: Yep, I can see the corners of your your mouth are starting to turn up. There's a hint of a smile there. And that's because we're going to get to see our shiny new toy on the field on Saturday. That's going to do it for this edition of the Gold Standard Podcast. Again, if you haven't done it, now is the perfect time to follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. If you ever have a question for us, you drop it in a review. We promise you we will answer it on the air. Levin, enjoy your week. I like your new setup in your office. you got all 49ers paraphernalia. You're ready for streaming, which is good because we're going to be doing a lot of that on the Niners Nation YouTube page. Good job by you stepping up for when the season starts.
1: Thank you for streaming because it allowed me to To tell the wife, hey, I have to get set up. We're doing video. (laughs) Uh, Wait. (laughs) This is all stuff I already owned. This is stuff that was in, I had, you know, in North Dakota, I had a man cave, so to speak. We had a huge basement. That's where my video games and my video game TV went. So the whole basement was painted a deep red. And I had stuff covering a 30 by 12 foot wall. So all of that has been sitting in a box
0: until now. You have said in the past that your wife has a weird thing where she will not let any professional paint your house. She wants to do it herself. You, it looks like you have painted the walls of that room. Did your wife do that, or did you pay someone? Oh, no, my wife did that.
1: She <laughs> is halfway through painting our uh, master bathroom now. Uh, yeah, so for those of you, you guys have not seen my setup, um, Rob sees it every week. But we painted our guest rooms walls but didn't do the trim and we were going to do this light blue and we both hated it. So we were like, okay, we're going to paint it a different color, but we have a one-year-old and that just kind of got pushed to the back burner. So literally for about 11 months now, I have been doing these podcasts with Rob and he sees a room that is painted light blue except for at the very top of the wall where you need to trim to the ceiling. It's the old color. It has finally been painted. (laughs) It only took us 11 months.
0: People are going to see it because I have taken a screenshot (laughs) and I'm going to tweet it out at NN Podcast. You'll be able to see Levin's beautiful face. I'm making a weird face, but I'm refusing to take another screenshot. So it is what it is. You will see it. You can judge for yourself. It is a very nice setup and you'll get to see it on Sundays when we do and Saturday, hopefully this week as well. when We do the instant reaction streaming show after the games, assuming we can find a way to see the game, which I heard, by the way, if you're wondering how to watch the game, if you sign up for a free seven-day trial of NFL Game Pass, I was told that you should be able to watch it on that. So that's my plan. Uh, if I find anything better, I'll obviously update you either uh, on a pod or from my Twitter handle, which is at Fire. Levin, you are at LTBlackNiners on Twitter. If you find it out, tweet it out. Let the people know. Don't be selfish.
1: I, I, I just got to say uh... – Yes, that is the best option, but don't get your hopes up because you should never trust Game Pass to work.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's been dicey, and it's it, sadly... it is
1: mind bogg- boggling how bad the NFL messes up Game Pass. I don't understand <laughs> how or why. I feel like the NFL coaches have some kind of like uh, group effort where they go in and sabotage it every year.
0: The All 22 film has mysteriously disappeared from Game Pass, and they have been asked about it, and they have not said when it will return so that should give you an idea of how good that product is but if you want to watch the game like me you know the enemy of your enemy is your friend or something like that anyway just sign up for the trial enjoy your week everybody we will talk to you next week levin good day
1: and good night